You know, one of the least American things about Christianity is that your life is not yours. Mm. That God has saved you not for your own pleasures, but for his glory, and, and even more particularly, or for in particular, the church and our spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can serve others, specifically others in the church, which is very different because people often talk about like, well, I go to church to get to get my batteries recharged. Right. And that's it. But you're you're not meant to be a passive participant at the church. You're most you're meant to be an active participant at the church. There are no. I, I heard somebody once say there are no unemployed Christians. Hmm. What he meant by that is like everybody has a role to play in the context of the local church. And I think, kind of to your point, Mark, I think so many people's faith and sanctifying process and joy in the Lord stumbles and come to a stop because they don't begin to exercise their spiritual gifts. I think so often we start to learn about God, our, use our heads. We start to to love the things our God, of God, use our hearts. But then when it comes to action, to doing God's will in the church specifically, we like stop short. Hey, Guido. A little friend over here is uh, rubbing me the wrong way. And Guido, I don't like to be rubbed the wrong way. <laughs> Rip. <laughs> I can't finish it. <clears throat> Rip out his little mustache <laughs> and do it slowly. You remember that, Ray? That was one of the highlights of our television program. We got in the studio, ah. put in a little smoke machine, made it dark. and Actually, everyone, in this very room. This very before room. Before we converted it. Into yeah. Where we're and doing you the were the mafia room. boss. Oh, and, oh uh, I remember that episode. And, uh, yeah. It was, it was so funny. And I was sitting there. I had, I, had a, uh, I had a plate with spaghetti and meatballs, just like your typical oh, mafia. I was just trying to think, why on earth do we do that? It's because we're in Milan. Yeah. And, Mark, and someone mentioned the mafia had got me or something. Yeah. And that's when we switched straight to this. Well, yeah. So we were, remember we got busted by the, well, not busted, but something happened with the police. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, it was that guy that that didn't want you taking pictures and then ended of him and then ended up posing in a picture. That's right. Was, he was the top police officer in Milan <laughs> yeah. and he didn't speak a lick of English and he yelled at me for about an hour. We thought he was a homeless guy at first. <laughs> I, did, I thought he was, I thought he was homeless. So I, I just ignored him. Ray ignored him. Like he... If he had said, I'm the chief of police, I would have said, yes, sir, no, sir. But he just walked in front of me and mumbled something. Well, maybe because he was talking to you in Italian. He probably said, <laughs> stop this right now. And I took no notice. <laughs> you didn't give him an in and out card, Ray? Didn't have him then. <laughs> no in and out cards. For those of you who don't know, we have a, a television show called Way of the Master. And uh, the, what they're talking about is season five. No. Four? Yeah. Uh, 13, 13 countries, countries in 13, 13 days. days. It's 13 episodes long. It's honestly my favorite season. It's really, really good. And uh, it's available on our store or online. Where is it available if they wanted to watch it? Easy. Tell them. Uh, Mark, tell them. <laughs> Livingwaters.com. <laughs> Livingwaters.com. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, check it out. It's, it's on our website. Uh, we've got downloads. We've got all kinds of good and wonderful and pretty things. You know, Oscar, I have a new name for you. Uh-oh. The Informer. You guys notice how Oscar always fills in the blanks and informs. For those of you that don't know, oh, that's right. <laughs> which is wonderful, Oscar. Really, as a mafia it. boss, it's good to hear you talk about informers. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That's a pretty good mafia voice, I have eh. to admit. Uh, eh. well, no, Watch I, it, I Oscar. I, I might revert impressed. to my old Arab mafia days. But who am I? Yeah, but that was boy, what a trip that was. Literally about yeah. thirteen days long, right? Well, what's funny in that video is Mark. They we had Mark like we went into Mark's brain. How many times did you see Mark? Like Mark, and we had Mark and Mark and Mark. But we went into Mark thinking, and you said something like, 
did she just say mafia? <laughs> and then it goes into Ray's imagination, into your imagination. Oh, that's, right. that's what it was. That's and then it memory. had me dressed up like the mafia guy. And then you said something like, uh, Ray will write to you or something. That was very sensitive. <laughs> In prison. Yeah, that was fun. Boy, that Europe season was, I can't believe we pulled that off. I can't either. I can't wait for the us only to do thing uh, that, New Zealand. Australia. Oh, yeah. We got Pacific Rim coming up, friends. But the only thing that really went wrong, the major thing is, is that Tony Smiles' gear got stolen. Remember? Yeah, but that worked out very good. And by the name like Tony Smiles, you've got to be tested. <laughs> what did we do? How did we? He had enough to keep him going. Did we go buy stuff too? No, he I just had remember. enough to scrape through. Yeah. He got all his good stuff got stolen, but he had some sort of backup old stuff. That's why he's called Tony Smiles. Smiles. For those oh, of you who don't know, <laughs> the informer. Tony Smiles is one of our sound guys. He's, uh, he's with us on Way of the Master. He often does random offshoot projects. One of the sweetest men you'll ever meet, and uh, he loves the Lord. Oh, he's a good, he's a good he, sound man. And boy, can he do voice impersonations. I think he used to do VOs, like for yeah. animation. He's very, stuff. very good. He's an, it sounds dumb, but he's an incredible whistler. 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 <laughs> Whistler's mother. Oh, yeah. He's, he, he's, he did the Blue Danube, or the Danube oh, for me. He is such a neat guy. <laughs> and you guys know my favorite thing to say to Tony. Barcelona! Yes, that's right. Because he's from Barcelona, Spain, or his parents Well, are? he he spent no, he, a lot of time there. So, And you don't say... He the, served The whole thing there? is you don't, <laughs> you don't say Barcelona. They say Barci, si, Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> Welcome to the episode, How to Discover Who Tony Smiles Is. <laughs> Inform them about how crazy we are. Also. Same with Budapest. You don't say Budapest. Oh, yeah, Budapest. Yeah. Those are all fun and pretty and exciting and encouraging. Mark, you're smiling. Well, I'm just thinking that this whole episode is on gifts, and we're, we've determined what your gifts are not. <laughs> In, that's entertainment. True. I'm not having no any gifts. We've just lost all our listeners. We're not talking about you being givers gifts. Did we're you say listeners plural? Listener. Right. Yeah, well, our, our listener just left. There goes the listener. Forever gone. Ray, what, what would you say, before we jump into this, what would you say was the highlight for you of our Europe journey? Well, getting back. <laughs> was it? <laughs> no, no, I, I just loved it. I loved the... The excitement of it from going country to country, we're just jumping on trains. I love trains, mm. so much better than planes because you can just walk about and do what I you really want. enjoyed the trains. Yeah, we, we were on 12 different, sh- 12 different, sh- it's hard to say that, 12 <laughs> different chains. Trains. 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 Wow. Isn't it crazy to think we traveled underwater from London to Paris in the channel? Yeah, the that's channel? amazing. The channel, right? That's what, Isn't that it's, what called? it's called. Is that what it's called? The channel, yeah, it's called yeah. the channel. Oh, I didn't know that. Like yeah. channel and tunnel. Like know, a choo-choo. Under the water. Called channel. Channel. Yeah. Channel. I wasn't excited about it. Yeah. Because you're putting your faith in the works of men that have dug a hole under a sea and that crazy? holds up there. Yeah, Mark, what was your highlight? What was your favorite country? Did well, you... it was more the food was my highlight. See, I did really? something that you guys really didn't do. So I, with a couple of the people... We would order food. There'd be two or three of us. We'd each order a dish, but then we'd order an extra dish. We'd put it inside the center of the table, and then we'd grab a little bit from each plate. Ah. This way, we wouldn't get stuck with a plate of something we had no idea. A smorgasbord. And the food. best food was Germany. Achtung. Achtung. Yeah, it was. It was the the, schnitzel. Wiener schnitzel. Oh, it was really, really man. nice. I had one of those schnitzels. That was Mark. I, honestly, I do not understand for the life of me 
how you can ever eat a Wiener Schnitzel hot dog after eating those schnitzels. Well, they have veggie dogs now too, so you might like that. Uh, Easy. That word, uh, that word schnitzel is, is so, so German, isn't it? Schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, was, it, it really was an epic journey. And the Czech Republic was just amazing. Oh, remember that clock? Where the apostles yeah. would come How could out I forget and, that? Well, we op- you open air preached there. Yes. There was probably there were thousands of yes, people there. Were there were thousands waiting for me. Oh, oh they were waiting was, for the clock. I think I introduced you or something. I think I yes. said something and then introduced you. Ray! Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. That was weird. You really loved the blue Danube. Yes. Uh, it was, it's actually brown. It's the brown Danube. <laughs> it is pretty brown. But yeah, so much history there. And oh, wow. What a journey. All right, friends, back to reality. Did I just sing a pop song from the 80s? No. You did something, but it wasn't saying. Back to reality. Ah, we're going to get hit with copyright on that stuff. All right, friends. uh, Here is Because it sounds nothing like it. I was going to (laughs) say, they won't recognize it. It was exact. Yeah, we won't get hit because they'll think it was the artist Mm -hmm. actually here singing it. All right, friends. This is from Spain. Huh. Spain, S-H-J-D. We're sorry Can't that. get enough. Was that someone's name that you just botched? Uh, probably. It's a dish at Winterschnitzel. Can't, <laughs> can't get enough. Love this good. podcast and all the Living Waters resources. I watch and listen daily, so much so that Ray has even shown up in my dreams. <laughs> I had a dream I last night not. that he needed me to clean out a house that was infested with spiders. <laughs> More like a nightmare, but having Ray there was so fun. Thank you all, and glory to God for what you you do. I wonder what oh. I was wearing. Ray popping up in people's dreams and nightmares. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> what I, would you do, I, Ray, if you saw a spider? Spit. I can't stand <laughs> spiders. Oh, really? Yeah, I can't stand them. And I was thrilled to hear one of my granddaughters spat as soon as she saw a, saw a spider when she was a little kid. So she's got my genes. See what you've taught your grandchildren, Ray? So I didn't teach them. It came natural. Was that one of my children? Yeah. Who's the spider Sorry. killer in your home? Uh, Sue. <laughs> no, actually, it's not. But I do it with absolute drag in the feet, really. Have you guys seen that, that machine you can get that suctions spiders? And it's it puts them a, in like this hermetically sealed really? bag. Really? It's called a yeah. vacuum cleaner. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Remember years ago, you I think you got it for us. Remember the assault gun? Yes. You put the, salt in it and shoot someone flies. Someone oh, yeah, into the whole staff. Yeah. One of our donors cool. did. Really good. That yeah, I, I, I found cool. it difficult to get onto my egg because you had to pull back on it. <laughs> Shooting your egg with it. Ray Comfort. Friends, this episode is brought to you by How to Be Free from the Fear of Death with a foreword by John MacArthur. Mm. That's, a, that's a very, very kind thing. And uh, this is a good one, Ray. It's not just your typical book. It's got a beautiful cover. <laughs> <laughs> It's not like all the rest of Rachel. That's like you used to be good looking, didn't you? <laughs> but yeah, friends, you got to check that out along with, as always, the Evidence Study Bible at livingwaters.com. Well, you gave it away already, I think. Was it you, Oscar? We're talking today about how to... I get to the dis- jokes. You, you get gave that? away the gift. You gave it away. How to discover your spiritual gifts. I think mine would be Humility. And how you attained it? <laughs> yeah, it's just I just—it's a wonderful gift to have. Mark, what are you looking at? Spiders on the internet. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, guys, spiritual gifts. You know, as a new believer, that I think was one of the delightful discoveries for me that the Lord gives us gifts that are imperishable and uh, irrevocable. You know, God ordains divinely, as Scripture says, that the Spirit gives to each one, gifts as He wills Mm. for the purpose of His kingdom. You know, we've talked a lot about how the world in the midst of which we're living is 
enamored with the whole theme of purpose. It, really, I mean, it's probably one of the biggest buzzwords of the 21st century. Everyone wants to know what their purpose is. You're hard-pressed to watch a television program, listen to a radio show, uh, read an article, sit and hear a sermon where the theme of purpose isn't addressed to one degree or another. Hey, listener. Have you ever imagined yourself having a box of goodies for you to give away to every friend, loved one, non-believer that crosses your path? Well, now you can get one. That's because Living Waters is giving away 10 free boxes of goodies every single week. That's eight in the USA and two overseas. And this is being made possible by a faithful partner of ours that has given us funds to make these resources available to you for free. Each of these boxes has $100. That's right, $100 worth of tracks, books, and even your very own podcast mug. Go to livingwaters.com forward slash podcast, fill out the form, and then listen to the end of the episodes where we will be announcing our winners. Livingwaters.com forward slash podcast. Good luck. I've never heard any. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard anything about purpose. But I think to me, the ultimate in purpose. Did you just yawn? Sorry, my bad. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a prolonged yawn. It was like, (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) oh boy, Oscar, we're going to have a talk after this. It says a lot. Yeah. It's the pastry starting to set in. (laughs) But to me, very few things really indicate purpose more than when God gives someone something. Obviously, He's giving it to them for a purpose Mm. and to fulfill purpose. Hmm. And so, Oscar, I'm curious with you, you came from an atheist background. Was that something that also was kind of a surprise to you as a believer? Like, wow, God has gifts for us as his people in a spiritual sense and wants to use us through using them. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I, I, think, I think if we're really honest, deep down inside, we all want to be a part of a story. Mm. And this resonates, I think, through all human history. Like the reason why we go to the movies and watch the, you know, stories that proclaim the hero's journey, uh, the reason why we re- love reading books of, of great fantasy, the, the reason why we love hearing stories of overcoming adversary, the reason why we all want to be a part of some epic story is because God created us to be a part of his epic story Mm. where he is the hero, but he has created each and every one of us uniquely with gifts to play a particular role. And so I think if you were to ask me as an atheist, yeah, I want to be a part of a great story, but I didn't know what that was rooted in, where that came from. I didn't know how to answer that question other than in a narcissistic way, which I want to be the hero of my own story. Hmm. Uh, But of course, we can't be the hero of our own story. We're more closer to the villains of our story until until Jesus intercedes for us. Hmm. So thankfully, one of the beautiful things about the gospel is not only does God save us, but he also gives us a commission and then gives us the tools to go and complete that commission. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, Ray, we're called in 2 Corinthians 5, ambassadors for Christ. And I'm curious when it came to your discovery that, and we're going to look here at what scripture says about the different gifts, but I know you hate the term and I want you to share why you hate it or the the title uh, evangelist, but you have the gift of evangelism. We often talk about how 
we have to be careful as believers to not say, hey, I don't have the gift of evangelism, so I'm not going to share the gospel. Uh, but th- there's a specific reason why the gift of the evangelist is given. All God's people are called to evangelize. But when was it you really discovered God had called you to be an evangelist? Oh, when I started getting invitations to churches. Mm. And that came through the drug prevention Ministry. I had a drug prevention ministry, I had a drug prevention center on High Street. <laughs> and churches <laughs> began asking to me, me to come and share about drug abuse. And I just used that as a springboard for the gospel and to equip Christians to share their faith. And so the uh, itinerant ministry just sort of evolved. But I, I don't know if I'm gifted. It just, it's my passion, something that comes from my heart. I mean, I want to see people saved and I share principles of what I do and people can latch on to them if they wish. Yeah. A well, lot of people don't know about Ray is he's also gifted in another way, um, which is an incredible spiritual gift. And I think it's hard for people to understand by listening to this podcast, but that is just your sense of fashion. <laughs> I thought, what is this? Where is this going? I knew it was going somewhere this is, like this that. This is the third shirt I'm, that today that I've, uh, Oscar gave me a, what about a, Ten shirts? Wow, look at that. What's that got? A bunch of little penguins on it? I haven't even looked at that. <laughs> what is it? Just robots. people. They're penguins. Robots. L- LGBT. Robots. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, it's a delight that he didn't throw them away because I love them. He's got great taste in shirts. <laughs> yeah, but Ray, you know, you, you, you do definitely have the gift of an evangelist because... Uh, an evangelist, like Paul says in Ephesians 4, and this is one of them, which is, they, these are seen more as kind of offices, but but they're interrelated with the gifting of God. Uh, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. Mm. Well, in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul talks about how as his ambassadors, we have the ministry of reconciliation. And so, Ray, the reason why you have that gift, because even though you humbly try to deny it, is because you are used by God to equip the saints to do that work of ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, so let me just say why I don't like the, the yeah. name evangelist, because in the 1980s, which is before you guys were born, probably. 80s? Yeah, well, I'm talking to Oscar. <laughs> you know, you know, There was a, a, a huge scandal regarding so many evangelists that were fleecing the flock yeah. and getting into adultery and all sorts of things, and it was just horrible. And so I just didn't want to be tainted by that, and I'd rather be called a... I don't even like being called a, a street preacher. I'd rather be called an open-air preacher rather than street preacher because that has a, a an image of just people being yelled at without any compassion. And so the, the I, um, I still don't like being called an evangelist publicly. Yeah. yeah. It's better than all the other things he calls you. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You know, there is something about that term televangelist, especially, yeah. that just irks me, you know, because of what it's associated with. I'd like to tell evangelist what I think of them. <laughs> tell them evangelists. Yeah. So uh, Romans 12, this is one of the passages. You see, I think it's just so great. You've got a gift of saying so, and you've got a clue what you're going to say. <laughs> so. But then... Uh, at the end of the oh part of the so, it, kicks in. it just kicks yeah, in. Yeah, it just, just jumps right into the brain. So Because it's nothing, it's nothing else <laughs> it's there. It's got a lot of room it's, to breathe. It's a vacuum. So, 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 <laughs> indication. I have no idea what I'm about to say. Romans 12, 6 to 8, this is one mm. of the passages that deals with mm. uh, spiritual gifts. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. And I, I That's love seven gifts. Did you know that? Yeah, you I, I love and I love that list because there's things in here that I, I don't think 
many of us would logically think would be in a list of gifts that God gives us people. And yet here they are. And I love the fact that Paul talks about how we're to use them, right. the, the, the kind of attitude and commitment that we're to have in the midst of them. And I'd like to just kind of talk about some of them and, and explore them together. But Mark, I haven't asked you, what was it like for you as a newer believer discovering, wow, God has gifts and maybe pondering, how do I know which one I have and how do I use it? Well, I remember you, Easy, saying before you become a Christian, one of the worst things that could ever be said about you was that I was used yeah. by that person. That person used me. That person got what they wanted from me, and then I was discarded away. But there's not, as you go on to say, a greater thing to hear than to hear you say, I was used by God. Yeah, God used me to fulfill his purposes, to make his message known, and to spread far and wide. So I... I always remember that, right? So mm. when we go out to share the gospel, we go out dragging our feet and we come back clicking our heels and it, it's always like that. You know, it always seems like, man, I, I don't want to do this. I, there's many things I'd rather do. I'd rather have a kidney stone or a root canal, no. <laughs> which race had both. Uh. And, uh, but when we're done, it's like, man, it's like, I have meat to eat, you know, not of, right? Yeah. I just partook of a heavenly calling. I walked in the work which God has prepared beforehand. I'm satisfied. Mm. Yeah. I'm satisfied. And I never experienced that satisfaction in the world because this satisfaction was complete in and of itself, yet it got me yearning for what is next. In the world, when I would be satisfied, I'd only be satisfied momentarily, and then I need to have something deeper and more dangerous, if you would, yeah. because sin is progressive that way. Mm. It always leads you downward. Yeah. You know, one of the least American things about Christianity is that your life is not yours. Mm. That God has saved you not for your own pleasures, but for his glory and, and even more particularly, or for in particular, the church and our spiritual gifts are given to us so that we can serve others, specifically others in the church, which is very different because people often talk about like, well, I go to church to get to get my batteries recharged. Right. And that's it. But you're you're not meant to be a passive participant at the church. You're most you're meant to be an active participant at the church. There are no I, I heard somebody once say there are no unemployed Christians. Hmm. What he meant by that is like everybody has a role to play in the context of the local church. And I think, kind of to your point, Mark, I think so many people's faith and sanctifying process and joy in the Lord stumbles and come to a stop because they don't begin to exercise their spiritual gifts. I think so often we start to learn about God, our, use our heads. We start to, to love the things of God, use our hearts. But then when it comes to action, to doing God's will in the church specifically, we like stop short and we don't do that, right? Yeah. And we, we stifle our spiritual growth. We stifle our joy because there's like this, there's this like tripod that God is doing, head, heart, and hands, and we cut off one of those legs. We don't actually ever go and do something with the gifts that God has given us, and it stifles our relationship with Him. Well, I think it's good to recognize your gifts. I think the Scripture speaks when speaks of people ministering God to God's people during worship as skilled musicians. Mm -hmm. It uses the word skilled musicians. Yeah, and easy. I, yeah, <laughs> and, and I remember being in church once and listening to the worship leaders, and I'm not even great musically myself, but I could tell they were off key. It was awful. Mm. And I was just thinking, no, 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 skilled musicians. Wow. Uh, child, same, so you should recognize your gift. I recognize I cannot sing. Well, I can sing, but it's horrible. It just, I just can't do it. I can whistle, 
which is a great, <laughs> great, great blessing. <laughs> Sue, my wife, has got a beautiful voice and she doesn't use it. I'd like to swap with her, but it would sound kind of weird. But I wish I could <laughs> sing. I really do. But um, Charles Spurgeon, I'm talking about uh, recognizing your spiritual gifts, yeah. said of preachers that are boring, he said, whose victims nature does well to give relief through sleep. <laughs> and so if, you're, if you've got the gift of teaching and preaching, use it. But if you haven't, don't. Look somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, Ray, you hit on it in connection with the gift that the Lord has given you. And let me just say, friends, you know, we're, we're, we use the word gift, and, and this can apply, again, whether it's an office or, or whether it's, it's a role within the church, like being a pastor or whatever. All of these, in essence, come from the Lord. And, and so that's what we lose. We use the term loosely as gift, whether it's strictly indicated in scripture that this is a gift or not, but we're meaning things that God gives and he calls you to. So whether it's callings or, or, or it's an actual gift or it's an office, all of that applies. But Ray, when I mentioned the whole evangelist thing with you, you, you said, I don't know if it's a gift. I just have a passion for it. Hmm. And I think that's one of the biggest indicators of having a gift and one of the ways you discover it right? If God has given you something, he's going to tie it in with a passion to do it. Even though that passion might be intermingled with apprehension and anxiety and fear. Because yeah. when you first took that step and proclaimed the gospel in the open air, you were terrified. If that's even the right word, it's it was, probably no, a word. It was mortification. <laughs> mortification. It was that bad, right? Yeah. And, and some people think they've got a gift from God and they, like, God gave me this poem, and you read it, and you think, God can't write poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame God work. for yeah, that this one. This is awful. The things you know? that God is blamed for by people, God, you know, gave me this, or, or, or I, this wasn't me, it was God. I was like, <laughs> no. Ah. no, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> Ray, I'm curious, when you open your preach, and I might have asked this question before, but I wasn't listening to your answer. <laughs> did you know of any open-air preachers? Did you hear of anybody in America? Or did you, I mean, where did you get this idea to stand up and to preach? It was looking for an opportunity. I remember I got saved, came from a background of being utterly terrified of open-air preaching because at the age of 16, I dried up in front of my peers at school and I never wanted to open-air preach, sorry, speak in public again. But when I got saved, my first thought was, I want to tell everybody about this. Hmm. I've found everlasting life. And if I can tell two people, they'll listen, that'd be great. If I can tell 10, if I can tell 30, and I recognized mm. there was a place in our city where 30 or 40 or 50 people sat during lunch, I thought, I just got to do it. So it wasn't like being spurred on by open-air preachers that I'd heard of. So nobody encouraged you to do it. You didn't know of anybody that did it. As far as you know, you were the first one around that kind of did that. Obviously, we see it inside the Bible, but you were the first one to kind of come to that idea, and then you were just faithful, and you did it every day for 12 years, give yeah. or take. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that's so admirable, uh, right? I mean, to to think about. I mean, we go back. We we read the stories inside the Bible, and we have the hindsight of looking at their lives and decisions that they've made, hmm. and we think, of course, you should act like that. Yeah. Well, because we're looking back on their lives and we see the end from the beginning. But to, I, I'm I'm so blown away, Ray, that that you took that initiative to do it, and now we. You don't have to go far. Go to YouTube and type in open air preacher, and you're going to see a thousand different people that are open air preaching. Mm. Some wrong, some right, it's regardless, but they're open air preaching. Yeah. We have that, right? And, and Ray, you, you didn't have that. 
Right. Um, I checked look, the internet. I couldn't find any back in 1973. <laughs> <laughs> um, the internet. I don't know what, where, where you're heading with this, but I, I would love to, if, if we could discuss it in a little bit, maybe come back to it, but how does somebody discover? Yeah, what yeah that's, that's where we want to go. So before we do that, let me just, again, read the other passages that apply to this realm, as I think I explained what we mean by when we say gift. But 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11 is another passage. It says, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge, to the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another differing kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I alluded to that last part earlier. And then another passage, it would be 1 Corinthians 12, 28. Uh, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. After that, miracles and gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. Now, let me say as, as a qualifier here that there are different views within the body of Christ as to what are typically called the sign gifts. And these, these would include things like, like prophecy and tongues and word of knowledge and things like that. And so we know that our listeners are across the spectrum. We don't want to get into those specifically where there is debate. I think it's more edifying with the little time we have left to touch on those that we can all agree on, that all believers would acknowledge, yes, these, these are still in existence today. I just wanted to lay the, the groundwork. These are the passages that mainly talk about gifts, given to God's people within the body of Christ. But Mark, I want to kick it over to you. You have something to say about discovery. Well, I, I read an interesting thing uh, really? from an author named uh, Juan Sanchez, and he proposes if you're caught up with the question, uh, how do I discover my spiritual gifts? He says, well, let's start with the premise that you may be asking the wrong question. Mm-hmm. And then he says this, this is because once we believe we have found the answer, I have the gift of, and then fill in the blank. It might limit how, where, and when we serve. That's good. Mm. For example, I may have the gift of teaching, but it's not the limit of my service. I mean, can you imagine if we were breaking down after a church-wide meal and other brothers were moving tables and chairs, and they look over at me to assist them, but I said, oh, wait, whoa, I can't <laughs> help you. I'm sorry. I'm the teacher. You see, that's my spiritual gift. I don't do tables and chairs. Hmm. Then he goes on to say, that wouldn't be very Christian. It wouldn't be helpful, and I wouldn't blame the guys for throwing a few chairs in my direction. (laughs) Right? So the better question would be, how can I best serve the body around me or the people around me? Right? Within my circle of influence, who I rub elbows with, I'm going to see needs that are taking place. And it's easy to always point that to somebody else. It's mm. somebody else's responsibility to do that. I don't have the, and we hide behind this, I don't have the gifting to do that thing. Yeah. And to Ray's point, when we start talking about the gift of evangelism, really the gift of evangelist, mm-hmm. we all have the ability to share the gospel. And Ray often says, it's like saying, well, I don't have the gifting to feed the poor. Mm. I don't have the gifting to help somebody in need, to help change that tire. I'm in need. There's no time to be the good Samaritan, because you don't understand, I, I'm on the clock and I'm doing my thing. Mm-hmm. So this person, Juan Sanchez, he goes on to say, we just need to be careful as we discover what the gifts are, because once you realize what your gifting is, 
It's easy to now find your identity in your gifting, and that's wrong. Mm. Because our we, we don't want to hide behind that. I, I'm a teacher. No, who are you? And we lose this whole focus of the imago Dei. I am a child of the King. I'm created in His image, and I have a purpose. My purpose is to glorify God in whatever I do, whether I eat, drink, sleep. It doesn't matter. This is who I am. Who am I? I am a child of the King. Now, it's okay. What giftings do I have? Yeah, um, that's very you, good, Mark. You bring up a really good point, which is uh, also understanding the difference between your spiritual gifting and your fruitfulness. And I heard mm-hmm. I heard somebody talk about this one time there. I don't remember if I've shared this on the podcast before or not, but I think I've shared it with one of you guys. He was uh, he was talking to a pastor who had. I think he he ended up sleeping with another woman. He was kind of going through a reconciliation period of time, and he confessed to this other pastor. He said, "You know, I would." I would think to myself, man, I got to confess. I need to stop doing this. I need to go tell that girl that I need to stop sleeping with her. I need to tell my wife. I'm going to do that after Sunday. You know, I got this sermon to preach. And once I preach it, then I'm going to tell everybody I'm going to come clean and I'm going to make it right. And he would go preach the sermon. And he was a mega church pastor. And everyone was just, ah, oh, that was the best sermon. It was so amazing. Lives would change. He saw the Lord working. And in his mind, he thought, well, God hasn't abandoned me. So maybe I'm okay. And the thing that this other guy was saying was that the issue there that so many of us do is that we mistake our spiritual gifts for our fruitfulness. Mm-hmm. We think, man, I'm a great preacher or teacher. I'm great at administration. I'm making this money and giving it to the church. That is your gift that you do, but that is, is not a sign of your fruitfulness. And so to, to distinguish those two things and to not misunderstand, just because you're really good at your gifts doesn't mean you're growing in the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that's a really valuable thing to remember. Yeah, that is very, very important. And I think that it's important to recognize as well that the Lord is the one who gives us the gifts that he gives us because he wants to use us in a specific way. I mean, in Romans 12 here, it makes it really clear. It says to use them, let us use them. Having the gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. And he uses the word grace there, Mm -hmm. uh, which really is part and parcel with gift giving. You know, God has given this to us through his grace and we need to use them. We have to use them in a manner that's honoring to the Lord, Mm -hmm. like you're saying. There are a lot of people out there that have gifts, but they, they have turn those gifts around for their glory. Yeah. You know, the the use of our gifts should be the shining of that light so that men will see our good works and glorify God. You know, we do it for his honor. Right? I wonder if Judas had a gift. Huh, that's a good question. Administration. Right? No. Mm, probably. And he turned to easy's point, he turned around and used it for himself. Mm. Right, and the gifts of God are without repentance. He gives them doesn't take them back because they're gifts. Irrevocable. Yeah. yeah. Um and, and so we, I think we've circled around the answer, uh, and if we haven't made it clear, one of the biggest ways to, to understand your own gifts, if you're asking, you know, what are my gifts? It, the best way to do that is in the context of the local church. Amen. With conversations and prayer with pastors and friends, uh, you begin to exercise and try new things, and they're there around you to affirm the gifts that you have. And it's okay to assume that you may have one spiritual gift and then discover that you don't, which what you, you know, one of you brought up, like the idea of, of somebody trying to be a teacher or pastor, and it's like, oh, that's maybe not where you're gifted, which is important to recognize that often we can be self-ambitious with our gifts. And it kind of reminds me of Lord of the Rings in the sense that 
Galadriel gives the fellowship very particular gifts. She gives belts to some people, a bow to one person, uh, the lady's glass to another, which is this glowing crystal. What's wonderful about the story of Lord of the Rings is that you see later on in their journey, it was almost like Galadriel sovereignly knew a situation they were going to get themselves in because each one of them in the right time had the right tool to get themselves out of a harrowing conflict, right? And so when we are envious or jealous of other people's gifts, when we try to act as though we have a gift that we don't, it would be like those people in Lord of the Rings you know, trying to fight over who got what. Oh, I want the bow. You take the glass. Oh, give me this. Give me that, right? We have to be thankful, knowing that God knows us and has created us for this moment in history with a specific kind of gift and then own the role that we get to play in his story. Yeah. And, you know, you think about that. How can you be prideful over what was not in and of yourself, what was gifted to you? You know, how do you get prideful over that? But oftentimes people do, and it's, it's this forgetfulness. Wait, what do you have that you didn't receive, the mm. word says? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you didn't? As if though you somehow created this thing in yourself. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. And we, we need to recognize and remember that. And I think one of the ways we discover our spiritual gifts is, as we talked about a minute ago, first of all, it's passion. God is going to create a desire in you in keeping with the gift that he's given you. Then I think there's going to be affirmation from those that surround you. And I'm so glad you highlighted the fact that this needs to be done in the context of the local church, right? There's, there's really no such thing as a churchless Christian in the sense that, you know, we're going to be these mavericks and these, these like lone rangers. We're birthed into the body of Christ. We are a part of the community of saints and God gives gifts. Why? For the edifying of, of his church, for the building up of the body of Christ. And so getting that affirmation, and then I think you begin to see fruit. You're going to see results from what you're doing and operating that gift. And it's going to be uh, confirmed not only by leadership, but by, by others that are receiving from that. And I think ultimately you're going to find pleasure in it. You know, Eric Little, right? And Chariots of Fire, he said when he ran, he felt the pleasure of God. And there, there's challenges. Boy, I in heard that. the theme going through my head when you were talking. Na, How's na, it going? Na, na, na. No. Not <laughs> 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 <Have> that one. <laughs> no, the, one, the, the, the theme to the movie was really good. Yeah, right. But yeah, so that's it. I think all those things combined, there's challenges in the use of our gifts. Mm. Uh, I believe I have the gift of teaching, and there are times when it, it's extremely painstaking when I'm preparing and when I'm, I'm dealing with spiritual warfare and there are different things going on. But I do have to admit that that when I operate in that gift, I, I sense the pleasure of God mm. and the joy of seeing the fruit from it and people touched and impacted. And and there are times where I think, Lord, I don't know that I I have that. And then he reminds me sovereignly by using me and impacting people, even in times where I didn't feel like I was impactful per se. So, and on that note, our spiritual gifts will, it is a sense of strength, but it's also a reminder of our weaknesses. Yeah. As somebody who's been gifted with, with preaching and teaching, many people who are gifted with that struggle with, uh, with pride or with uh, a deceit of wanting to, to be a know-it-all, or some of them really struggle with the praise of other people. And so it's, it's fascinating the way God works 
It's almost like he knows what he's doing <laughs> because he gives the person a spiritual gift that could either be a stumbling block or a flashlight into the darkest crevices of their hearts. Mm. And so it's like that very thing that God has gifted you to do, you can either fall over it or you can let God sanctify you through your struggles. And there's that verse, he is made strong where we are, where we are weak. Yeah, amen. Yeah, and, and I mean, you look at this list here, I think it's good to just take a quick look at Romans 12 and you see some of the gifts that God has given his people. I mean, first it talks about prophecy. And I love this. This is from Got Questions. It says, the Greek word translated prophecy in both passages properly means a speaking forth, according to Thayer's Greek lexicon. The word refers to discourse emanating from divine inspiration and declaring the purposes of God, whether by reproving and admonishing the wicked or comforting the afflicted or revealing things hidden, especially by foretelling future events. To prophesy is to declare the divine will, to interpret the purposes of God, or to make known in the way, in any way, the truth of God that is designed to influence people. And so those that would say, hey, look, this gift has ceased in, in its sign gift operation, there's still the meaning that's a part of this that entails forthtelling, not foretelling, but that forthtelling where you're speaking in terms of exhortation into people's lives and having that kind of impact. And so, and there are those that, that I see function in that. They have that that word for the moment that, mm. that is going to encourage, to build up, to edify, to to confront. When it's operated in it, you can just sense it. Like this person is equipped for that. Mm-hmm. And that that comes from the Lord. And then ministry, those that have that that gift to be able to to minister to others. Ray, are you yawning? <laughs> I try to disguise it. Yeah, you into can't, the microphone. But hang on a minute. Yawns are totally involuntary. You've got no choice. Are they? Yeah, the body just <laughs> takes. <them. laughs> yeah. So, but this word carries with it the idea of service of any kind. You know those people that we see and we say, man, that guy is a servant. She's a servant. I mean, everyone, right, as, as a believer should serve. We were talking about, you know, you have the distinct gift, but it doesn't mean others are exempt from it. But then there are those that like, they are just born servants, right? We had our sister, Danny mm. uh, here earlier, right? She helps you out at Huntington Beach. Yeah, scout. And I believe she is one who would have that gift of ministry. She, she's just, she, she gets deep burdens and then she fulfills it with joy and gladness, right? Yeah. And so... Cakes. What's that? Cakes. Oh, she brought us cakes too today. Yes, yummy, yummy from her mom. Uh, Yeah, so uh, teaching, obviously. Yummy, yummy from her (laughs) (laughs) mummy. Yummy, yummy from her mummy. (laughs) Her mom baked them. You know, so teaching, exhortation. And one of the interesting gifts here is giving. There are those that have that gift of giving where they they distinctly are blessed by the Lord to, to be generous toward others. I have the gift of receiving. <laughs> yeah, we'll get that too. Yeah, that's a good pair, the giver and the receiver, team them up. So leading, right? He who leads with diligence to be diligent in that call to lead, because sometimes it's hard to lead. You know, think of Moses. God equipped him to lead. You thinking of Moses? Think of Moses, think of Moses. But he didn't want to lead, mm-hmm. right? I'm of uncircumcised lips, oh Lord, but God had called him. Mm-hmm. And he used them in extraordinary ways. And so it's recognizing that God gives us gifts. He gives us the passion and the desire to operate in them. He affirms it by others that are around us. He shows fruitfulness through us operating in those gifts. And he confirms it by those that have been blessed and touched and impacted. And he sustains us because I truly think that someone who has a gift, who's walking uprightly with the Lord, and who has the heart that says, Lord, not my will, but yours be done, even in the difficulty, 
is manifesting he has that gift because he will persevere through it. God will get him in a place where he'll continue to use that gift. Think about the amazing graciousness of God. Listen, God does not need me. Hmm. And he does not need you to carry out his will and to build up his kingdom of God. And yet, in his sovereign grace and his great goodness, he chooses to use us to build up his kingdom. He has given us this gifts because he wants us to play a role in what he is doing. That is an incredible invitation to be on the front lines of God's saving work. And he just, he does that because he loves us. It's like a, I've said it before, it's like a father inviting their kid to go to work with them. You know, a construction worker, like he doesn't need the son to build the building, but he wants him to participate in his good work. And that's what God is doing with you. And when with, with me, with us, he's inviting us into his great work so that we can play a role and be on the front lines of his glory. Let's not stand on the sidelines and act as though we don't have this great invitation to be able to participate. Amen. Yeah. Amen. What a great adventure the Christian life is. Yes. Uh, you know, the world talks about how boring Christianity is, but what a thrill to be a part of God's kingdom where he gives us gifts and then he uses us and then we get to just delight in him for That's all eternity. So true. What an adventure. Amen. Well, friends, there you have it. Hopefully that has built you up as uh, we attempted to use whatever gifts we might have to minister to you. Thanks for joining us. Remember to check out uh, the website where you can get How to Be Free from the Fear of Death, forward by John MacArthur, by Ray Comfort, the Evidence Study Bible as well at livingwaters.com. Remember, podcast at livingwaters.com with your thoughts and questions. Make sure to give us a rating and comments too on the platforms wherever you listen. And we will see you here next time on the Living Waters podcast where we have look how calm i'm getting near the end here where we have no idea it's just about to yawn and snore what we're doing chicken dinner. I have no idea where that ridiculous saying came from, but friends, we do have winners. Winners for the podcast giveaway. That is the Living Waters podcast. We have Angela from Yucca Valley, California. Yvonne from Crestline, California. Brooke from Clayton, North Carolina. Andrea from Anderson, Indiana. Elias from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Becca from Lincoln University, Pennsylvania. Lowell from Yakima, Washington. Don from Charleston, Illinois. John from Ford, Australia. Good on you, Mike. And Dave from Will and Lane, United Kingdom. Congrats.